It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, Charles here. Uh, Just before we start the podcast, I've come along to ask you to please, 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 please vote for us at this year's FSA Awards. Last year, we took home the coveted Club Podcast of the Year Award, and we would love to win it again. All we need you to do, very simple, is go to the fsa.org.uk and follow the link to the FSA Awards nomination form and scroll down until you basically get to where it says Club Podcast of the Year and type in the first box, it's all cobblers to me, and then scroll to the very bottom of the form and click the done button. If you do that and we're nominated again, I will love you forever. Thank you so much for everything that you did to get us the award last year. It would be great to get to go again. So please go to the fsa.org.uk and vote for It's All Cobblers to Me for Club Podcast of the Year. Right, let's uh, get on with the podcast, shall we? Hello and welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm Danny Brothers and I'll be joined shortly by our good friend Charlotte from Rochdale's The Dale Way podcast to look ahead to the weekend's game between the Cobblers and the Dale. But first though, a few things to catch up on with the one and only Charles Commons. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? Good. Very good after last night, after Tuesday night's exertions down at Plough Lane. We ploughed it. (laughs) We we did indeed. We ploughed away. Came, saw... Loud, conquered, got out of there. <laughs> Three points. It was it was really good. Do you know though? I I wonder whether it's a. This is like a great advert for going to the football rather mm-hmm. than watching it on the TV or I follow in our case, mm-hmm. because I generally I sat there watching it, and of course I was, uh, you know, absorbed. into it. Yeah, absorbed by the game and everything. <laughs> But I was a bit bored. <laughs> but, but it's weird being bored by a cobbler's mm. win because usually we're like on edge and it's not boring because we've, we're we 1-0 up and the other team looked like scoring. But I don't think they, they ever really posed 
massive problems, did they? No, and the, and this is the thing is that I kind of felt, and this isn't <laughs> this isn't really meant to be disrespectful to the cobblers at all. <laughs> it just felt like a really routine run of the mill win, yeah. and yeah, it was. It, it felt like the cobblers didn't really have to try that hard. We didn't really get out of second gear, did we? It's, no, it's and nice. it felt a lot like what you, what I was able to see while watching it was was actually the style of play that Brady is is implementing or has implemented for mm-hmm. this season. You know, essentially, it's ball is picked up by Mark Leonard just in front of the back two, four, mm-hmm. whatever it might be, and. He looks to then move the ball forward and, and to, you know, he's that playmaker, isn't he, essentially? <laughs> and it, it's really interesting to kind of watch how that is done. And mm. I was able to do that because of the fact that it was such a comfortable game for, for us. Whereas if I'd been there in the stands, I'd have enjoyed myself and been a bit more into the actual match itself, I think, in terms of, you know, singing along and jumping up and down and the normal stuff that you do when you're watching a football match inside the stadium. You don't you don't do that so much when you're sat on the sofa at home. Speak um, for yourself. Well, it depends what the game is, obviously. But, I mean, it, it didn't feel like... it To me, it felt like I needed a crowd and some singing going mm-hmm. on. Like right next to me, mm-hmm. not just coming out of the speakers of the TV. Mm-hmm. Right, if you want to get down to Charles's house for the next Tuesday night game, <laughs> and uh, his front, his living room's open. More than welcome to, to More everyone. Welcome. Come along, <laughs> um, we'll make a thought, evening of it. <laughs> I thought, especially the uh, the back two. I thought they had a great game. We've we've been on mm. the back of Maggers, Tyler McGlaw for the early part of the season, but I think the last three or four games has been superb. Especially last night, it was great. I thought Guthrie was great. Tremendous. Burge was great again. Even Koike, I think, has stepped up a bit now. Mm. It feels like he's calmed down a bit and his positioning's got a little bit better. Um, yeah, I think... And, it, and I think sharing it right back as well is, is fine. It's not his natural position, but he, he seems to be putting well a good there. shift there. And he's, he's, mm. he's so good on the ball, which makes it makes a massive difference. Yeah, I mean, this is the the thing, isn't it? I think, I think the, the word calmed down or the phrase calmed down really works because... That is what's happened, is it looks like we're now all comfortable. We know our jobs. Uh, we know how to operate as that defensive unit. And, yeah, I, th- I think maybe it's taken a bit of time for us all to adapt to the new, you know, essentially two of that back four are brand new to, mm-hmm. you know, what we had last season. Uh, you know, even... You know, Magas being in there, you would say is new to that. To that, um, so maybe it's just taken a few games to settle. Um, not a bad way to settle, is it? Five, five wins, two draws, and a defeat. Yeah. Is that yeah. our record? Yeah, yes, yeah. seventeen points. Is it? I think yeah, three, three better off than we were. Yeah. after eight games last season. Beautiful, so. beautiful. Yeah. It is. And steady, I, I, cl- the clean sheet is, yes, for me yeah, is yeah. the biggest. Win, I guess, from last yeah. night for me. Yeah, Fantastic. needed it. I think just psychologically, you can tell how much it meant to the to the keeper and the, the defense. But John Brady was made a point of saying it was the whole team's clean sheet, didn't mm-hmm. he? Um, I think that's fair. Um, slightly concerned about what was his injury. Yeah, it seemed very it, innocuous to me watching. Yeah, it's when it when it goes down off the ball, you're like, oh, is mm. that that's that doesn't look good. But no. I thought um, Leonard dropped back, didn't he, in, into that role, 
got sick very there well. still, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but you'd you'd think against stronger teams, we're going to get it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge without him. So hopefully it's not yeah. too bad an injury. It was interesting actually, because I had the uh, home team commentary on oh, yeah. my follow. Um, and Anthony Wordsworth, who mm. I believe was a midfielder or is a midfielder. <laughs> Can't remember. Uh, anyway, he was talking really positively about a lot of our players and about the team. In fact, the whole commentary team were really quite in awe of us as mm. a, as a team. And, it was it was really quite refreshing to hear somebody that hasn't got any connection with the cobblers talking about our players in such a positive manner. Mm. Um, you know, we're maybe used to people calling us bullies and you know rugby <laughs> players and the like. Um, whereas, you know, Wordsworth was talking about Sowerby and how good he was, and, and you know mm. how essentially he was our engine all the way <laughs> through. He did. You know, he went about his job quite quietly, doesn't necessarily get all the praise, but does a massive amount of work. That was really interesting. Mm. And I think also the point that was made at one point was that uh, they were te- Wimbledon were, were doing a job on Hoskins, but mm. that meant that Apare and Pinnock uh, were, were left to basically be able to do what they wanted a lot more easily. So yeah. they kind been of marked out the game, and it's, it's mad, isn't it? It's yeah. become a player that people really stand up and take notice of. Now. Well, he, he's it's... he's the League Two Player of the Month for August. He is. He of is. Samuel Tobias to Player at. of the Month. Indeed, I love, I love seeing love his little face month. getting that getting that trophy. Love it. Deserves it. it. So deserves it. Like we said on the last preview show, it was never going to be anybody else, was it? No, goodness, that no. Would have been an if it had been travesty. Yeah, exactly. Would have been. <laughs> It, we'd have been asking who was on that panel and why was Gilbs, Gab Sutton anywhere near it? He <laughs> 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 heads it up. Um, yeah, so there it says to Hoskins. I mean, he was fairly quiet, but he's probably likely to be known. I guess people get... A marked man. Mark, he's a marked man. He is, mm. yeah. But, um, but uh, I thought, um, going back to yesterday's game a little bit, mm. Charlie B, Charles Breakspear. Had a good game. Had a enough game. Yeah. <laughs> Although not according to the uh, the Wimbledon commentary. No, no, but that's probably why I think he had a good game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, he's, Pete Walton was full of praise for him. Sounded like was he? Yeah, yeah. Sounded like he was. He was good friends with him. I still thought he was very picky, considering we're supposed to be, you know, letting the games flow this season a lot more. There was a definite spell in the second half where it felt like you couldn't go more than thirty seconds without his whistle being blown. <laughs> um, that was, uh, yeah, that annoyed me. And it was, you know, blowing for fouls for both sides. So, you know, maybe he was being fair and equal with it. But I just, I, there were times I just thought, let the game go. I, I suppose it's hard though, isn't it? We'll have to get a referee on and just ask them, like, how do you keep the game flowing when fouls are being committed? Because that's, that's the problem, is, isn't it? Is that you either, you know, you either give the free kicks, which is right because the fouls are committed or you don't and you let the games go and then everyone cries because mm. you're not doing your job uh, it, yeah hard hard one to answer cheers there's um sad news this week as well that came out a couple's past and the cobblers um announced the sad passing of former chairman Derek banks a name that i don't really think has been mentioned a lot in terms of the cobblers history but played a huge role in in the 86-87 season, the, that famous season, one of the most famous seasons in our history. Mm. Uh, 
came to came to England. It was a tobacco trader, I think he was, came to England in 1960, um, put together a consortium of businessmen and uh, gave Graham Carr, I wouldn't say a war chest, but <laughs> gave them, gave, at least sort of put the debts aside and injected the side, um, injected the side with some of the players that he wanted, um, as the statement says. Um, but I think it's just one of these unheralded people of our history. Um, mm. That um, Really sad news to, to hear this week. Absolutely, and not, and I'll be honest, not a name that I knew much about either. I, I mm. think that's probably down to our ages more than anything, Danny. Um, there will yeah. be people older than us that that will definitely remember more. I think, yeah, it's um, it is sad because I don't think he was particularly old, and mm. um, he was still involved in in some aspects, at least as a fan. So, um, yeah. it is sad. Mm. Um. You're going to try again with the Open Forum, Charles. Oh, yeah, we are. Going to try again on Thursday, yeah, the 22nd. Come along. (laughs) This is Thursday 22nd, so not this Thursday, though. Thursday will be gone by the time you hear this, but so next Thursday, Thursday 22nd of September. (laughs) On Thursday, Danny, come down to Sixfields. We'll try again with the Open Forum, yes. Yeah, Kelvin Thomas, James Whiting, Tom Cliff, Charles Cummins. Yeah, Uh, and maybe Neil Edgerton, maybe. Yeah, should be late good. fitness test for Neil Edgerton. We'll see. We'll I see. Believe. But there we go. Um, and last bit of things to catch up on: the FSA award nominations are out again, Charles. Yes. For the um, the availability to nominate. Yes. Okay. You basically all we're asking you to do at this moment in time is go to um, the fsa.org.uk and you will find on the front page a link to. Um, the fact that the nominations are open and then fill in the form that is on that page and in doing so we'd like you to go to club podcast of the year and type in the first box it's all cobblers to me do you know what just do what you did last year and uh, (laughs) then we'll we'll come home with hopefully another really shiny obelisk yeah who knows eh everybody who voted last year votes again and tells their nan to vote yes that that might help us get there. Because we and want to get you Nan's, there, Charles. Yeah, and the Nan's best friend as well. Yes, that. get yeah. them in there. Go on, Auntie Jeans. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've got to get you there this year, Charles. It, uh, you, uh, you came down with COVID last se- last season, last year. Last year, yeah. yeah. The only reason just, that just I before to go, yeah. yeah. And you, um, you need to have your your night out because it's it's this thing, isn't it? Where I sort of it does feel a little bit like um, I really did miss out missed out last year, and if hmm. You know, we we could. Uh, I'd just be chuffed to nominate it again. It'd be it'd be lovely to get. Nominated oh, it was great. Again. To be fair, I mean, when you you called us up, didn't you, on a WhatsApp call and told us, and we were all like gobsmacked and yeah. just like it was it's it's a it was a proud moment to to be nominated. So if we if um, if enough people can nominate us again, that'd be amazing. So. Very proud. Yeah, please, 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 please do that. I would be. Um, I will give you all a Harry bow next time I see. Oh, there you go, and he won't even throw it at you from a distance. Oh, I'll, I'll wrap it up individually. <laughs> tinfoil <laughs> not for that nonsense i think we've kept our guests waiting for long long enough charles so mm. let's bring her in now uh please welcome back to the it's all cobblers to me preview show her game two's rochdale ambassador and host of the dale way podcast charlotte cromarty how are you Char? i'm really good thank you how are you good i was surprised that you're really good that's good you've got to be positive haven't you and you've got to be optimistic yeah like you say <laughs> in uh, even in the dark of the times in league two we're still we're still early doors so it's all right but we'll we'll get to that later um start with the important stuff um her game two still going strong 
happy. Yeah, honestly, it's absolutely fantastic. And I just want to thank you both as well, obviously, for having me on for a second time and obviously giving me the platform to talk about her game too. So thank you so much. Oh, no worries, no worries. It, it's, I mean, all of these conversations has actually kick-started a lot of interest in, in our own club as well. We've, we've got, um, got Cobbler H, who's our, <laughs> who you know well, I think, uh, who's our new ambassador. Yeah, speaking of Heidi, I just want to um, just like big her up a bit because she deserves mm. it. Like some of the work she's been doing is just amazing and me and her get on really, really well. So um, yeah, she's been so supportive of me and what I'm doing and likewise back. So you've got a really, really, really good and passionate person, obviously, in charge of the Her Game 2 side of things. So yeah, big up to her. She's amazing. She really is. Yeah, it's just fantastic. She was—I um, met her on the coach to Grimsby, just randomly. This was before the her game two um, role came came to her. Yeah. Um, and when she um, when she took it up, I was like, "That's you're, you're literally the best person I could think of that could possibly do that." So, um, so that was great. So, yeah, thank you for all you're doing on that. It's been such a big thing for for a lot of clubs, I think. So, um, and still so important. Um, how are you seeing it? It's about a year and year and a half, is it now? Is it? It's been going. Yeah, um, so Her Game 2 actually was founded in May last year, so it's quite, it's still quite new to be fair, but they've achieved so much and um, just everyone involved and everything that they've been working on is just so good and it's so good to see, but obviously me being part of it as well, I'm just so humbled that obviously I'm Rochdale's ambassador, it's just amazing. But from um, the actual campaign itself, um just what they're achieving at the minute and as well these people have obviously got their own day jobs they've got families obviously they need to keep up their social lives as well they're obviously doing it like off their own backs and stuff so it's just amazing and the absolute passion and hard work they put into it is just fantastic and um yeah it's it's going really really well actually and um, we've got a few premier league clubs now obviously partnered with a campaign it's obviously grown and gone to her game two cricket her game two rugby mm. so yeah it's growing massively it really is it's so good to see and so it's really good as well how supportive a lot of people are about it as well it's it's just amazing it's fantastic yeah it's just gone from strength to strength hasn't it the last year few months uh, um Something was great to see. Former Cobblers keeper, your keeper now, Richard O'Donnell, this week signed up to become, I think he's the first ever player to sign up as an official Her Game 2 advocate. Um, how did that come about with the club? Is that you contacting the club to ask for a player or did he step forward or a bit? Yeah, um, so we were we were obviously meant to have our dedicated Her Game 2 fixture um, on Saturday, but obviously because of Her Majesty, bless her, um, <laughs> Obviously, and all that happening, the football games got postponed, which is totally understandable. Mm-hmm. Like, that was just a huge loss. And um, obviously, leading up to that, uh, <laughs> I'm a very organised and passionate person. So I did I did a PowerPoint because I tend, nice. to, I tend to put all of my ideas either into a folder, a vision <laughs> board or a PowerPoint. <laughs> this is how random and how, like, passionate I am about it. So... I just got all my ideas leading up to the fixture into a PowerPoint and I thought, right, I'm going to put all my visions into this one PowerPoint and present it to the club. And anyway, it was um, actually on my ideas and I spoke to a few of the Her Game 2 lead team about it as well and I was like, I really want a player advocate because I just think it'll be amazing. Not only like we've got our own bunch of Her Game 2 girls, but also having someone on board who a lot of, 
males look up to and a lot mm. of obviously the younger generation look up to like mm. with me having a seven-year-old boy who's as well who's obsessed with football <laughs> um you just automatically think like they'll look up to the role models and for someone like Richard and just the amazing playing career he's had and he's a really 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 lovely like family orientated guy as well he's obviously got a son and a daughter <laughs> so Obviously, he was someone we had in mind and we had a couple more players. So anyway, um, I presented it to the club, gave my ideas and um, I said, would we be able to have this? Would um, obviously we'd be able to have a player advocate and it'll be the first ever one with it being my idea. And um, anyway, they came back um, and said, right, we're going to present it to all the players because they didn't want to just single a person out. So we actually text Richard O'Donnell and straight away he put himself forward and said, oh, that's something I'm really passionate about. I really want to do it. And I was so chuffed because he was one of the names like, don't get me wrong, all of our players are a really good group of lads, but just from seeing Richard O'Donnell on social media and he seems to be so helpful for like helping other people and he seems really inspiring and just really family orientated as well so I just thought he'd be the perfect role model for it and I'm just so humbled that he's actually said yeah and joined our team. <laughs> That's amazing isn't it? like how does that feel for you as well knowing that you've from your PowerPoint, scrambling loads of ideas onto it, that's now become the first ever, the first ever player to to sign up to the campaign that that all it's it's 100% going to inspire a lot of other players I think to step forward as well and that must feel amazing to to think you've you were the first one to sign somebody up yeah of course it's really amazing and with me like I said to all obviously the other girls in um her game too because as soon as the news came out they was like wow this is amazing we want to get on board too and they were like oh you're so passionate and what a great idea and I just said to them all I said no I said it might have been me who did it first, but we're a team. So mm-hmm. if I think of an idea, it's not just my idea, it's for everyone kind of thing. And hopefully that one idea could inspire like so many other people. And I just think like you've got someone like Richard involved. He's obviously the first ever player advocate, but the big of a club as well. And so many other role models who hopefully will come along as well. And I just hope it is the start of something. And there's been... Honestly, there's been a lot of positive feedback and it it was actually last, I think it, was it last Wednesday or Thursday? I think it was last Wednesday it actually got announced and me and Richard were actually on um, a podcast. Oh, really? <laughs> at the time, yeah. We were on a podcast at the time when the news obviously got released. So it was not, it was like half an hour or so after where we were looking at our phones and it just blew up. It was like, <laughs> wow, this is amazing, but there's so many other clubs as well who want to get on board and I just think hopefully it could be the start of something because like I said it's amazing that we've got so many passionate people in this campaign but to see like so many players wanting to support it as well and advocate and champion the campaign I just think that'll just make it grow and grow and grow which is Mm -hmm. obviously fantastic. Yeah, so good. And the club seems to be right behind it as well, offering free tickets. I think obviously that game got cancelled on Saturday, but I'm assuming for the rearranged match, this will this will happen or for a different game this season, this will happen, offering free tickets to all local female grassroots teams, um, things like that. They seem to be completely on board with it as well. Yeah, honestly, the club have been absolutely amazing and everything I presented to them, what they can obviously do, like some of them, obviously, we couldn't do in time for it, but 
the reason they wanted to do the dedicated fixture so early was so then obviously we can get hopefully them new fans and them new like female fans and stuff and keep them for the rest of the season instead of obviously waiting until like further in the year and then obviously season ending so we wanted to do it like pretty soon and then obviously different initiatives all the way through the year to try and represent her game too and um yeah they've been so supportive we've actually done a drop-off point as well where obviously people can donate like sanitary products and Mm -hmm. baskets and stuff because we we as obviously her game too but just people in general believe that we should be there you know for Mm -hmm. anyone that's in need during like the week they were releasing like different media and there were a few players talking about like inspirational females in the life and stuff which Mm -hmm. which was obviously just amazing they've been honestly they've been absolutely fantastic and it's just so nice as well for the club to actually want to do something and they obviously Mm -hmm. want to work with me as well and uh, Yeah. yeah I just can't complain they've been absolutely amazing that's so good. It's so good. And long, long may that continue. And um, do go and follow her game too on, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook as well. Yeah. We're yeah, everywhere. yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> Whenever I say Facebook now, I think I'm living in the dark ages now. Oh, no. <laughs> <we're on Facebook laughs> as well. Yeah. There, yeah. Great stuff. Um, let's go on to talking about the um, less important stuff and the, the less exciting stuff for you, I guess, this season. Um, Do we really have to? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could talk for hours about her game too, but we will We will look ahead to Saturday's game a little bit. Um, 18th last season. Um, yes. Firstly, how, how did you feel about that? Was that reasonable for you, do you think, based on your expectations at the start of the season, below, above expectations? Don't get me wrong, at the start of the season when obviously like the players we signed, obviously a new manager, even though we didn't really know much about Robbie Stockdale, mm-hmm. um, we started off quite well last season and come September, there were a few of us like, oh yeah, nice one planning our promotion party. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's kind of reality kind of obviously sank in. We had a lot of things obviously going on behind closed doors with like a hostile takeover, which obviously mm. unsettled things. Um brand new manager who didn't who's obviously not had any league experience and yeah it was a frustrating one last season but I said I would happily take avoiding relegation just as long as obviously we had a club and we had something to obviously build on this season which unfortunately it's not going great at the minute (laughs) but um yeah it was it was just a very frustrating one but it was expected because obviously it's a total rebuild new squad obviously it were a new management just pretty much everything was new and fresh so it was very frustrating because on paper and looking at stats and looking at like you see all these different um obviously I'm on Twitter and you see all these different like stats and stuff of um most shots and most like creative (laughs) chances and we were actually top on most of them Mm. but obviously we just weren't scoring we just weren't good enough obviously in net we sold obviously a few great players and Beasley and Aaron Morley in January so I think that affected us massively as well so yeah it was it was a very frustrating season but I would have took it with what was going on behind closed doors Mm. and what's the latest on the um on the takeover stuff did anything else come of that well it's actually been settled we've raised enough money to obviously pay the legal fees but we're just waiting on EFL confirmation and what's actually going on from the EFL that's what we're still waiting on 
Mm-hmm. That's good to hear because you you kind of you fear the worst when that kind of things happen, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> going completely south and ending up as the next uh, like Barry Oldham and things things like yeah, that. 100%, yeah, hundred percent because that's all you think of as well. Like even the local northern teams in general, obviously Barry Oldham. I know Wigan had some issues once upon mm. a time. Obviously Bolton as well. <laughs> So I just think to myself, what is it with these Northwest clubs? I hope it's not us yeah. next. <laughs> yes. oh, but um, back on the pitch, so you, you but you won uh, four of your last eight games last season. Did that create a little bit more optimism around the summer that things could be a lot better, push towards the playoffs, that kind of thing? Yeah, it's one of them, like, obviously... During the summer and stuff, we obviously got Ian Henderson back and automatically you think, oh, club legend is only four off getting a record and stuff. Not taking on board, he's 37 as well. So, like, <laughs> automatically you're kind of like, oh, yeah, um, we've made a few good signings. Obviously, we had a decent preseason as well. But what I think a lot of our fans obviously were forgetting is we've obviously, Owen O'Connell left us, our club captain, which was a massive loss, Um not even just on the pitch, just off the pitch in general. He was a leader and obviously, even though we've lost him, we've gained that in obviously Ian Henderson, but just losing Owen O'Connell was just massive. Um, Lost a few more players. Conor Grant, um, a young, obviously, forward who we had. He was a really good up-and-coming talent, but he's, I I think he's gone to MK Dons. It's either, it's either Wimbledon or MK Don. I do not know and I don't want anyone now. <laughs> that is some mix-up if I've got the wrong one, so I am really sorry to anyone listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of the two anyway, but he's gone there. Um... Yeah, I think you're all right on, on this podcast. I don't think we're de- we definitely won't get any um, MK <laughs> fans. It's, um, it is MK by the looks of it that, that he, he's gone to. Um, so, yeah, yeah um... we'll move on from that. We don't want to mention yeah. him too much. <laughs> we just had a total like obviously rebuild again similar to last season I think it was I think it was 13 14 players we actually lost mm. and obviously we've we've brought in bodies since then but just some of the players and some of the quality and then players that we lost like Corey O'Keefe he was a big one um like I said Owen O'Connell went into the season with Robbie Stockdale we all really wanted him to succeed because he's such a genuinely nice guy, but he was very stubborn in his formation mm. he was playing. And he would never change his formation. He would fit players. He would put players in from out of position just to fit this formation, and it was free at the back. And obviously, then we'd play, I think, three. I think it was like a 3 5 2 mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, um, this formation, honestly, it was the start of it last season and then obviously this season as well. And it just got to a point where we were just so frustrated with him. And even though he's like one of the nicest guys you can meet, it being nice just doesn't get you anywhere when obviously you're not getting results. You're losing, obviously, the dressing room. You're obviously losing the backing of the fans. So, yeah, I think a change was needed. A change mm. definitely was needed. And was he ever questions about that about the formation thing by any local journalists and stuff was, was that ever put to him yeah even at the fans forums as well like mm. people would be like oh about the formation and he'd be like oh yeah i'll take it on board and to be fair to him he would he would say it how it was kind of thing and he'd accept criticism but for some reason he was just so stubborn on this formation and 
it just got, like I said, it just got to a point where any player was just playing that formation. It could have been someone totally out of position, but he wouldn't change for formation. And it was just, honestly, it was awful to watch. There was just nothing about us. Mm. It's, it's very Keith Curl like yeah, <laughs> when we Keith Curl because um yeah he he wouldn't go away from that three five two or yeah. five three two or however, however you want to call it he was completely stubborn in that and it, that there's no way you change your mind in, in that um so we can see that in frustrations for sure but <laughs> and I think um when when you're in a position like you are and it's yeah. right above relegation to the conference not you know not just League One it's that the danger is not just the danger of relegation, is it? It's the fear of just what happens next because it's such I mean, especially with the likes of what Wrexham are doing, what Stockport did last season, the money that's going into non-league now, you think, if we go down, is this the end? Because that's genuinely a question you ask yourself, isn't it, when you're in that position? It's, it's, yeah. it's so tough. Yeah, of course. And obviously, like, we're fan-owned as well, so we're not the kind of club who do have money. We obviously have to, like get players from lower league or we get players whose like careers are at a standstill and then we kind of get them going like turn them into the player they kind of are or we rely on our academy and then obviously sell them on because we're not a club with a lot of money we're probably if not the lowest budget it's probably one of the lowest budgets and obviously um the league and it's scary obviously getting relegated it's like being relegated from League One to League Two, but to be fair, to be fair in that aspect, I think even us being in League One, we were always kind of overachieving and punching being in League One because we are for the budget and just a club in general, we are a typically League Two team. Like we can't compete, and I think obviously Keyfield did absolute wonders with us, and yeah, it. It's just scary, but going from League One to League Two, you're still in the football league. But obviously, then this massive step now of going from being a football league team to obviously being relegated and not being, it's just scary. And you look mm. at obviously the non league now, and some mm. of the teams who I remember like years ago, like um, being in League Two and playing against them, and you look at them now and they're really struggling. And I just think like, it's so hard to get back up. And especially for a team like us who don't have a budget, obviously, compared to your Wrexhams and even now against your Stockports and stuff, it's, it is really, really scary. And it's something that we really don't want to do. But obviously, I know it's still early doors and we're seeing some changes at the minute, some positive changes, obviously, with the new manager. But I just think we really need that win really quickly because it is really scary now and we don't want to become adrift. Yeah, yeah, completely, <laughs> completely see that. I mean, however early in the season it is, you still look at it and think, how do we get out? Don't you? It yeah. gets, gets more and more. You think, yeah, where the goal's coming from? Where's this coming from? Where's the first win coming from? Um, I just want to go back quickly to the to the fan owned part of yeah. what you said. Um, in terms of hiring firing managers, how does that work in a fan owned system? Because obviously, Robbie Stockdale sacked, Jim Bentley comes in. How is that process working under fan ownership? Is yeah, so obviously we've we're obviously fan owned. We've not actually got a majority like owner. Mm-hmm. It's just all different like fans and stuff and shareholders. But um, we do obviously have a chairman. We have board members who are all Rochdale fans. Are all local men of the community, which is obviously good because they obviously want the best for the club, which is amazing. So um, yeah, so we have that, and obviously they unfortunately made 
the decision to sack Robbie Stockdale and Nay was openly honest and said he's a great guy as well, but mm. we needed change. And I think a lot of it with Robbie was, it was ongoing frustration from last season. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of, obviously, like I was saying, a lot of negative football and there was a lot of stubbornness from his formation. And I think we could have obviously gave him time, but we couldn't see any positives. Like the performances were just the same as last season. There was nothing really positive coming from, obviously, the performances. Like you, people can have a bad day. People can obviously say about players gelling and this and that, but we just didn't see any improvements. And I know, especially on Twitter, there was a lot of people saying, oh, it's harsh, it's early on and stuff, but we just couldn't see anything progressing. Mm-hmm. It was as if we were going backwards. Yeah, so you mentioned Keith Hill a minute ago. Yes. Every time your job comes up, his name appears in the <laughs> yes. running of what would be a third time. Um I think that his name comes up obviously because of the job he's done before and yeah. the fact that actually when he's left you, he hasn't done a lot of great things with other clubs. Yeah. Um, and you get these managers who are one club teams, essentially that it works. It just works with one club and it just, it, everything clicks whenever they go. Um, Paul Simpson at Carlisle is another one. Yeah. Um, Jim Bentley is a similar kind of guy. I think most people would, would see him as associated with Morecambe. Is, is there any worries about him coming in in terms of that side of things that he does? He did great things with Morecambe. I mean, obviously, it's a similar-ish size club, I'd say. I'd say yeah. potentially you're a bit bigger than them. But in terms of fighting above their weight, for sure, got them doing that. So probably a good fit for you as well with, with the resources that you got that you mentioned. Um, but is there any worries at all that he's he's just he just does it with Morecambe and, and what can he do with you to match that kind of thing? Well, I'll be completely honest. And obviously, like, um, before, obviously, Jim Bentley was announced as our manager, there was a lot of things going around and a lot of names going around as well. And Graham Alexander was one who, obviously, what I did at Salford and stuff. And obviously, I think he's in Scotland at the minute as well. He was a name that was thrown around. Um, Artel, who was obviously at Crew, mm-hmm. he was another one as well. And... We kind of got into the we kind of got into the mold us fans that it was going to be one of them too. So it was kind of a bit of a shock when obviously Jim Bentley got announced. But I just think like what he did with Markham, and I think Markham kind of have a similar they, they ran similar to obviously like us. You have a similar budget. Um, obviously they rely on the academy and stuff. So in that aspect, I think he could be a good fit for us and. I can't really judge him right now because it is early days, but I can obviously see positives from it because we've scored like, I think it's seven in our last three games mm-hmm. and we've not scored that obviously in all games under Robbie Stockdale where we're in charge, you know, like the previous like games before he got sacked. And um, I can see some positives and it's even like watching the performances and stuff. You can see some positives, which is good as much as we're not getting the results yet. But, yeah, I think, like I said, it wasn't my first choice, but I wasn't disappointed as well when he got announced. And there was a lot of people saying, obviously, we've got no ambition. It was a cheap option. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, like, 
what what do these people think we are we're not like yeah. we've not got money and we should be grateful and even if he keeps us up this season that would be massive and then obviously try and push on next season and obviously he can get his players in and some people like obviously he knows because I'll be perfectly honest apart from Quigley we've got on loan from Stockport all of the other signings are Robbie Stockdale's he only really had time to bring him in that loan signing and obviously positive from him um first his league debut obviously for us he scored two goals so we can't really complain about that yeah, and that's the thing was that he was appointed on the 29th of August. What's, exactly, what did that give yeah. him about, what, was it two days, two or three days to, to scramble together signings yeah. if he wanted to? And, and that's together as well as looking at training, looking at what he's got in front of him and stuff. It's, it's a tough job for him to take on, but from what I remember of him at, at Morecambe, he just gets the most out of players. Um, and I think in League 2, that's absolutely key, just to get the most of what you've got. And I think eventually yeah, he, he will hopefully turn that around for you. He um, seems like the type of guy as well. He comes across as a really like decent guy, but at the same time, I think he would discipline players, mm-hmm. obviously. And I don't think Robbie Stockdale really had that in him kind of thing. I think he was just more of a nice chap, where I think with Jim Bentley as well, and obviously, I don't, I don't want to like stereotype him, but looking at him as well, you think, oh, I wouldn't mess with him. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think it's one of them where obviously, like, I think he's more disciplined and stuff. Whereas, obviously, I don't think maybe Stockdale was like that, and maybe that's why some players and obviously some of the dressing room kind of didn't really back him towards the end and weren't performing at their best. Mm-hmm. So started out with a three-three draw at Carlisle. I said straight into a completely, completely opposite from where you were before, and then only just beaten one nil um, by Orient on Tuesday night, who are yes. running away with things so far. Positive changes so far. You mentioned what sort of thing have you seen that's that's been slightly different so far? Well, change of formation. No, that's <laughs> good. Was that the first thing we all just like? Oh, thank God for that. Just, <laughs> is there anything when- other than three-five-two? <laughs> It was really funny when um, the team news got announced on, obviously, his first game was the Papa John's Trophy and mm-hmm. it got appointed on the Monday, but obviously it didn't work with it. I think it, was it a bank holiday? I think it was actually a bank holiday well Monday. Been, yeah. yeah. And obviously his first, his first game was on the Tuesday and obviously he just literally walked in and had to manage the team. He didn't really get any time <laughs> with them or anything. And... um we actually play, played a 4-4-3 and as soon as the team news came out, honestly, all the Dale fans were like, oh my God, it's 4-4-3. No, not 4-3. I was going to say 4-4-3. That's... Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I wish. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, 4-3-3. Yeah. And honestly, the comments were like, is is it actually happening if we change formation? <laughs> and I actually quote tweeted it with, um, you know, the Titanic gif of Rolstein. It's been 84 years. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> just like what? So um yeah, that's obviously the first positive as well. Um we've had a few injuries as well. I'm not gonna blame it all on injuries because obviously we've got the players, even without injuries, we have got the players and we have got the quality, but um we've had a few injuries. Um Liam Kelly being a massive one. Um our midfielder, our captain, Ebanks Landell, so that's obviously like annoying. Um Luke Charman, our striker. But luckily, Tavon Campbell 
has just come back. Jimmy Kia has just come back. So we have got a few more people coming back, which is brilliant. Um, but positive so far, obviously, like I mentioned, the goals, we seem to be more attacking. Don't get me wrong, our defence is still awful. <laughs> <laughs> it is still awful, but I can actually see some fight in the players now and they're not giving up where under, obviously, and I don't want to, I don't want it to be like a bashing Robbie Stockdale or anything because I don't want to come across as that, but they just seemed like they had no fighting and they were really deflated. Mm. Whereas with obviously Jim Bentley, it obviously is new manager. So you're obviously going to perform, aren't you? And try and impress the new manager. But I just think it just seems to be more about us at the minute, which is obviously a positive. Mm -hmm. So ambitions for this season, is it now, has it changed from what it was in the summer? Are you, are you basically just thinking, let's stay up and, and push on the following season? Have you got a bit more? Because we've seen teams before over the last couple of seasons have an awful yeah. start and, and go on to push for the playoffs. Obviously, you can't see that right now in terms of where you are. But in terms of your own ambitions, is, is it literally to get above the, the bottom two and then push on? Yeah, of course. Like, don't get me wrong. I'd love to do what Bristol Rovers did last <laughs> season, but I am not expecting it in the slightest. So, banned, um, banned words on this podcast. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, don't get me wrong. I wasn't really expecting much from this season anyway. I was more than happy with a top half finish. Mm -hmm. um, I just think, again, it was a total rebuild. We had a totally new, um, before obviously Robbie got sacked. Um, we had a total new team again and it was more obviously getting them playing together, getting them gelling. But I would probably say now I'd be more than happy with with not getting relegated. That's obviously the main obviously goal and anything above that is just massive for us. I think the goal at the minute is just not to get relegated and hopefully get that first win. Mm -hmm. Let's come on to some of your players then. Um Go through a couple of them that I've picked out. Uh, Richard O'Donnell, obviously, formerly yeah. of us as well. I mentioned him earlier with the Her Game 2 advocacy. Sounds like he's been your best player so far as well. Honestly, he got a man of a match last night as well. But <laughs> it's it does say a lot about how the season's going when the best player has been the goalkeeper. And that's no obviously disrespect to Rich. He's an absolutely amazing goalkeeper. And if it wasn't for him and... Obviously, the saves and stuff, and it's kept us, it's kept it like we've lost, obviously, by quite a big margin on some games. But if it wasn't for him being in there, I would hate to know what the scoreline would be. But I just feel like sometimes with Richie is let down by some of his defenders. Um, as I've mentioned before, for some. For some reason, we just cannot defend set pieces. And <laughs> me and um, Isabel on our podcast say it every time. When someone gets a set piece, whether it be like a corner or a free kick, it's like a penalty, honestly. <laughs> honestly, and it's so frustrating. It just I just don't know what we do on a training ground, but we cannot defend corners. Oh, and I feel so sorry for Richard <laughs> Because he's oh, no. just... Some of the saves and stuff is pulled off and he'll he'll save it it'll go out for a corner and you just know 100 percent our defender will not be marking someone or we just won't bother like trying and yeah it's frustrating our defense is so frustrating try not to mention where a lot of our goals come from then um, <laughs> 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 um jimmy mcnaughty coming close to 200 appearances yeah. for you now um still doing the business 
Yeah, obviously with Ebanks Landell um, being injured at the minute, he has been playing centre-back and it is vital for the experience. And um, yeah, he does a good job, to be fair. He's very vocal on the pitch as well. So obviously you've got your Ian Henderson, you've got your Jim McNulty, you've got your Rich O'Donnell, um, you've got your experienced players, which we do need, especially as I think at the minute, we are bottom, so we do kind of need like that encouragement to the younger players as well and that experience to help them out. So, yeah, he's a vital one. He really is. Not just, obviously, on the pitch, like in the dressing room as well. And he was obviously standing manager when Robbie Stockdale went before we got Jim Bentley. And, yeah, I I do really like Jim McNull. He's a great guy as well. Stuff. Um, mentioned him earlier as well just now um, as well Ian Henderson back 37 yes. um, when he was with us it was 2007-ish I think he was with us Didn't I don't think he even scored at all and then he's gone he's one of these players who's gone on to, to yeah. other clubs and scored hatfuls of goals and been their star man player of the year or this kind of thing um, I think you, you mentioned earlier about a record that is yeah. just short of is it three or four is it as a way for is that the club record yeah it's goals. four goals off becoming our um club like the most goals scored in um obviously for Rochdale ever mm-hmm. so that is obviously massive I think it's league goals actually sorry most league goals uh-huh. for Rochdale which is obviously massive but as much as obviously we love Ian Henderson he's an absolute club legend like I mentioned before he is 37 and he's not the same Hendo we had them years back and I don't really know what people were expecting I think we just <laughs> thought he'd come in and be like the same Hendo that we had but um I just really hope that he manages to get them goals because if anyone's deserving is like that and don't get me wrong he still does a job but you can just tell like his legs aren't the same and he's mm. not like he's not that um annoying player that every other team hated anymore yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. He's not, is that because his, his legs just won't let him be that yeah and player, yeah, yeah I think with Ian Henderson as well, like he started yesterday. Um, it was him, Rodney and Quigley up front. But I don't think, obviously, he could play every game. But he's obviously, it's a great thing to have someone like him be an impact sub- substitution as well. Like mm. he could get a goal here and there. But I just think at the minute, with how frustrating it is going for us and I don't want to come across because obviously it is down to us and our fault as well, but we're just getting no luck whatsoever. It's like yesterday in injury time, we got a last minute penalty and we missed it. And it's like, yeah, come yeah. on, just please give us a break. Just give us something, yeah. Yeah, it was like, please give us a break. It, it always, it's it's always the way when you're down there, just things, little things like that. Kind yeah. Of it's, it's nuts. Um, Scott Quigley as well, you signed um, from uh, Stockport on loan. Yes. Scored twice in his debut looking pretty good so far do you think yeah he's um doing really well and it's nice to obviously have that tall striker because um we've not really got that up front with us um charman don't get me wrong but he's injured at the minute so a lot of our forwards are quite small so it's good to have like a target man Mm -hmm. and for a big lad as well he has actually got quite a good pace about him which obviously I didn't expect with him being quite like a big guy. You automatically think, oh, he's tall, so he's going to be slow. Yeah, yes. But, um, yeah. But with him, he's really not. And obviously, he missed a penalty last night, but it was saved at the end of the day. And it's one of them where it's just luck on the day. It's 50 50, isn't it? You either score it or you miss it. Unfortunately, we miss it. But it was 
it was good to have him obviously score against Carlisle and I do think he could be a danger to def- to defenders in the league, I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone else we should be worried about on Saturday? Devante Rodney, he's obviously mm-hmm. got a couple of goals. There was a lot of people from his previous clubs who were like, oh, I don't rate him and stuff, but he seems to have done a job for us, but he seems... Um, quite it's quite a threat he seems very cool and composed on the ball especially obviously I don't know if you've seen some of his goals this season but been some good finishes and stuff he doesn't panic as well which is obviously good so he's definitely one um Jimmy Keohan as well he's an experienced defender for us but he can also play midfield as well and he's got something about him he gets a couple of goals as well so he's probably someone who I'd look out for, but... <laughs> yeah, you're in a position where you're still clutching for, for players, but it's all, yeah. Yeah, it's all good. Um, we'll come on to predictions. Then I was, We were talking beforehand and I was saying, whenever the Cobblers play a team that have lost seven or eight, or not lost seven or eight, or haven't won <laughs> in seven or eight in a row, or they're on this massive run of not, of not winning you you automatically yeah. you don't look forward to the game at all because it's just like <laughs> this is going to be the one we're always the team that gives and I'm sure every team feels like it but we always seem to be the ones that give teams their first win or or you know hand it to them kind of thing um predictions for Saturday for you um coming to six fields on Saturday um even though we are bottom of the league, <laughs> when I go on any podcast, I cannot bet against us. Like, <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. I just can't do it. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to say we're going to nick it. I'm going to go with a 1-0 Rochdale and I think it's going to be Quigley. Nice. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. It probably won't happen, but I cannot bet against us. So I'm trying to be positive <laughs> and optimistic, even really? though our defence is shocking. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go for some goals. I think you're going to score. I do think you're going to score. Um, I, I don't think I can bet against us for this because I think the set piece thing, like you said, is is probably yeah. something we can use utilize. Um, I, th- I think to me the the main thing to us it will be complacency because we'll see you know especially from our fans side of things coming into the game and thinking yeah you know, the bottom of the league we have to win this yeah. kind of thing. So there's no real winning situation if that makes sense um, yeah so, but I, th- I don't think it'll be a, a runaway win I don't think Jim Bent is the type of manager who will let a three or four nil happen um so I'm going to go two one I think two one couple of just we'll just just sneak it with a couple of set, <laughs> couple of set pieces <laughs> saying that well, you're, Richard O'Donnell's probably going to come and claim everything now and from every, so. every single so. set piece we can we can do um but thanks so much for joining us it's been it's been great to chat again um oh no thank you so much for having me on again it's been an absolute pleasure no problem where can we find you on social media well, I'm most active on Twitter and I'm SharxRefc, or you can follow my Her Game 2 account as well, which is Her Game 2 Rochdale. Um, I've got a podcast called The Day Away. Mm-hmm. We're on YouTube, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, and yeah, pretty much everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to, to talk again. Hopefully, we can talk again um, later in the season. And I genuinely do um, hope you get out of the situation that you're in because you're, you're a proper club that um, we can think of at least three or four teams that we'd rather be in your position <laughs> in this league. So, so uh, hopefully by the time we speak again, you'll be um, climbing up the table a little bit 
hopefully oh. not sparked by Saturday. But <laughs> oh, thank you so <laughs> much. There. Really appreciate that. No problem. Next next weekend we uh, face Stockport, so we'll be finding a Stockport fan next weekend to chat that through. Um, but thanks very much for listening. We'll be back in your ears on Tuesday as we look back on this one and look ahead to the Stockport game next week. But until then, thanks for listening. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.